0: This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio, WEEI.
2: R-A-R! The first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like, it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird
0: from the Mud and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. WEEI.com Bruins writer, Matt Calvary. Leave the killer. yeah. yeah.
2: Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks And by Star Market, the official supermarket
0: of the Boston Brewing He's just waiting, so we got a lot of losses to
2: Yeah, we got a lot of winners,
0: Lace them up for some beast talk right now On Sports Radio WEEI Let's just get right through this, uh, Matt Calvin Why in the hell is Marcus Johansson <laughs> in Buffalo? Oh,
3: well, We had one tweeter say that he just wanted to get out of Boston <laughs> That's pretty funny what they get out of we, Boston? I think we've come a long way from that. I mean, the fact is he's not there because the Bruins don't have the cash space, and they don't want to risk going over, and they're obviously not planning necessarily on using LTIR on Moore or Miller. And uh, they're content to either get— I mean, they could get a bargain in some at some point here, depending on how this shakes out. But for the most part, they're content with in-house replacements for not only— uh, Johansson, but for that hole that they've had in top six for a couple years now. Well, you didn't really answer my question.
0: Yeah, why is Marcus Johansson in Buffalo? He is a Buffalo Saber. Yeah, for two years and nine million dollars, he's playing for a rookie head coach in Ralph Kruger for a team that, over the last fifty-seven games, per the Buffalo News, had an NHL worst forty points and was a minus fifty-five. Yeah, where they've done pretty much nothing in free agency. Well, they did I... trade for Colin Miller. They added Jimmy V C and uh, Jeff Skinner, who's obviously a good player, but this team is not going to contend, right? You signed a two-year.
3: Yeah, I think he signed a two-year because he doesn't, doesn't want to be there contract. long. What the? F- you know what? He might actually end up being the one that gets the most out of these guys that are left over. I mean, uh, Michael Ferland still out there, unsigned. Uh, Jake Gardner's still out there, unsigned. He obviously saw the the marketplace going where it was going and decided to. Uh, at least get the money. I mean, it's not a great, it's not a great payday, but it's only two years, yeah, and he so he, saw, he gets he, he goes to the two years. And he saw
0: plenty of other. I mean, yeah. Well, you know what? Too. He, I mean, what obviously did not get?
3: only a thirty point season last year because he only played fifty something games. Um, he's betting on himself. He's betting on getting a, a couple of years here where he puts up you know 60, 70 points maybe and 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 gets the bigger deal in two years. Well,
0: I mean, I, I, this is really a head scratcher. No, forget about the Bruins for a second. Just in terms of Johansson, I, I guess I get what you are saying. So. He, He's saying the stock's low on me. Why? Because my well, point think, production and, is down, or point production
3: and health. I guess. I guess people are looking at that more. I mean, obviously the, the injury this year—nothing he could do about getting a punctured lung or whatever it was, bruised lung. But uh, clearly, he—people uh, were shying away from him. He does have a concussion history that slowed him down at the beginning of last year. We know why that happened, <laughs> and uh, so you know, I mean, it's it's kind of it is kind of baffling that the Bruins couldn't have done that, but maybe he didn't want to do that here. You know, because obviously, if you're in Buffalo, they're promising a a top six role, probably. And he can put up the numbers. If he's here, he's in the third line role. You might not see the same uh, production. And then what's the point of the two years? Well, no, I didn't see
0: that. Have they promised him? I mean, I I guess it goes without saying. Well, it doesn't go without saying because repeatedly over the last couple of days, you hear these uh, stories citing, that he might go back to center, which was his natural position yeah, when he was I think drafted in 2009. I think that's getting blown out of proportion.
3: because out of proportion. Yeah, Buffalo you know, people Hanson were talking. it says they didn't even talk to him about it. Yeah, exactly. That's just something that the Buffalo people came up because they're looking for the second-line center. They don't want Stat to be rushed into that spot. So everyone in the Buffalo media is just trying to figure out where, if they're going to get a second-line center. But Now, this is uh, hilarious. The, yeah.
0: the, he had a conference call yesterday with the Buffalo media. <laughs> and this is a—at uh, <laughs> the end of the Buffalo news story from Lance Lasowski. Are you familiar with Double uh, O? No, no. Okay. Though many of his teammates lack such experience, talking about his playoff experience, oh Johansson, because Johansson's made yeah. five straight playoffs. Right. Johansen said Buffalo's ten game win streak in November has him encouraged that the young roster is capable of much more. So you're well, telling me you're telling me Marcus Johansson really pulled out the Buffalo Sabres twenty eighteen schedule and said, Boy, look, they were hot in November. This team <laughs> right. really has me thinking Two-year, nine million-dollar deal sounds right.
3: He went where sounds the money. Just I mean, about maybe right. there were maybe there were other offers table, but he went where the money was, and
0: this is where the money was: two years and nine million. It is
3: because this, you know, what we're starting to see the trickle, the slight trickle of what's happened in baseball, where teams are more content, especially with a hard cap and then not going up as much. They're content to stick with their younger, cheaper in-house, than spend money on these guys because you know what, too. When they go five years and six million on a guy like this, they get laughed at, right? People ridicule them. Just like van getting ridiculed for the offer sheet. Everyone complains for a decade that we haven't had an offer sheet. Why does it have an offer sheet? As soon as he does it, everyone jumps all over the guy and makes fun of him. I explained on the last podcast why it was a good idea. People in, people with much bigger names and larger platforms continue to say it was a bad idea because well, it didn't work. pretty much they're stupid. It was worth a shot. That was the point. What, what did he lose? He didn't lose anything. There wasn't anyone he was going to sign And in the meantime. He's still, he's still not done. Who knows who? He may, this, these RFAs are still out there. He might throw another one out there. I know, who this, knows? There's this
0: constant threat of Mitch Marner. The, the next one is coming, right?
3: Yeah, you know, Marner or, or, or Braden Point's still out there. Right. I mean, these guys are still available.
0: All right, to the Boston side of it. And by the way, coming up later in the podcast here, we have uh, two preeminent experts on the Bruins and all things NHL. First of all, our good friend Pete Blackburn is going to check in at some point. We'll get Pete's explanation, rationale, thoughts on this. Um. And first time we've talked to Pete since he's been signed by the New Jersey Devils, so we congratulate him <laughs> on that. And Maria from Watertown, yep. probably most importantly, will join us here shortly. Absolutely. She's fired up. She's got. We give her five minutes, will we have a time limit, or is she just going to we'll let give her give her
3: however long she needs to go, because you know what? I mean, it's got to be tough. There's hardly any hockey talk. We certainly, you're right. not going to hear any hockey talk here. They're too busy talking about women's soccer <laughs> on this station, and I don't know what goes on over I on think Brand, equal pay on for brand X. I don't know what goes on, but uh, yeah, she needs to get it off her chest, and I don't blame her.
0: Okay, good. So that's coming up. But from the Boston point of view, you said it all. How can you really explain if you're Don Sweeney not being able to afford two years and nine million for Marcus Johansson? Uh,
3: yeah, because I mean, there's just so many options. I bet, I bet each of those RFA's—McAvoy, Carlo, Heinen, i bet they all have multiple options from the Bruins, whether it's bridge deals or longer-term, you know, lesser money deals. And he has no idea where they're going to come in at this point. And you, you can't, it's not 100% his fault because obviously there's so many RFAs and holding pattern. But nonetheless, um, you had since the last July 1st to at least get the McAvoy thing done. And, you know, we know that they, they had turned down an offer, I guess, is, is the report. That he turned down a a, a um, Ekblad type 7x7 seven seven or something like that, right? Supposedly, I guess, Fluto reported that. Um, I don't know what more he thinks he's going to get at this point. But uh, maybe well, he, maybe he wanted a shorter term deal to bet on himself too, and I don't, you know, I don't know what these guys are doing, locking into these eight year deals when you know seven and eight year deals when they're in their twenties, when you know that the next CBA, the next TV deal is going to expand the money that's available in this realm, and that's how you are going to end up. That's how David Krejci winds up making more than Patrice Bergeron because guys just lock themselves in, and uh, you know it's great for the hockey well, ethos. I, I, but
0: I, I tell you what, I told this Johansson signing has me totally believing. That the Bruins are having trouble yeah. with their RFAs, they're confused, and to the point where they probably told Johansson, "Look, we're out," and he's pissed off about it and went to a competitor and signed. Like I, I mean, I, no, I bet you, yeah. I bet you, if you ask Marcus Johansson what he thinks of the Bruins and Don Sweeney, he says, <laughs> "F them." You know, like I, yeah. everything I did for you, they wouldn't even talk to me. They weren't right. Even, like, they didn't offer. I, mean, I
3: guess talking and you know offering are two different things. And yeah, I mean, it's it's terrible, but I guess you got to kind of understand that too. And there could still be, like I said, a bargain out there. I don't know what Michael Frohlen's going to get into at this point with uh, with things drying up as much there. There aren't that many jobs out there right now unless you want to go play in Edmonton, and uh, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So.
0: Pasternak and DeBrusque are pretty proven commodities for the Bruins, despite Dale ripping DeBrusque after his uh, cup failures. That was one of his... No, today
3: Dale was ripping some guy in Dunkin' Donuts talking on his phone. We're not trying to pin blame on anybody. You lose as a team, you win as a team. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But a couple of guys in particular here in the Stanley Cup Final really came up empty for this team. I think of Pasternak, who you mentioned. I think of
2: Jake DeBrusque, who we haven't mentioned yet. You think
0: Charlie Coyle's going to move the wing, but we'll get to that in a second. Let's assume he doesn't. Yeah. This is a bet on Danton Heinen and yeah. Carson
3: Coleman. And Peter Salarik And Solaric, Who you're bringing back now, and you're going to sign. get something out of him. Uh, and, you know, Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, who else are we forgetting? Anders Bjork. Oh, Studnicker, Bjork, yep. All these guys. And, I mean, Don Sweeney went as far as to call bring up Zach thir- 30-year-old Paul Carey. Oh, and Paul Carey, and, yeah. and, and Zach Sedition, who just seems like he's 30 years old because we've been talking about him so long. So, and Brett Ritchie. I mean, if there's uh, if there's strength in numbers, that's fine. And I guess if you roll the dice out of like eight of them, one of them might be a fit for at least the third line.
0: All right, Matt. Now to the line we go. Yep. Uh, Maria in Watertown is uh, she needs no introduction. Her and uh, our good friend uh, Fred in New Hampshire have been <laughs> the uh, stalwarts of the Sunday skate program. We have no idea. if Fred has a phone line. Yeah, cell I don't phone, think New Hampshire phone lines, line's work. I don't think so. It doesn't summer. work. Yeah. So
3: love to hear about the panga.
0: You talk to Maria. You want to set up this uh, conversation? Yeah, I just think
3: that you know there's inadequate places for people who are frustrated with the Bruins at this point, or maybe even if they have something nice to say to uh, express their uh, opinions at this time of year because, right. you know, everyone's talking about women's soccer and home run derbies and juiced balls, and there's not, there doesn't seem to be any room for hockey on the air, so I figure use the podcast to uh, give these people who have been so kind to listen to us all season to uh, get some stuff off their chest.
0: Great. So Maria joins us now. How are you, Maria?
1: Um, well, thank you guys, as always, for the uh, opportunity to uh, get a few things off my uh Chest, where my beloved Bruins are concerned.
0: <laughs> now you've had a couple of weeks to let it digest. Here, the Game Seven defeat. Uh, you know, we we had a couple of days of conversation after the loss, and mostly it was whether the Bruins choked uh, and who was the blame. Uh, have you now that you've let it uh, kind of settle in a little bit? How how are you feeling?
1: Well, it's still um, you know it still stings, obviously, because you know as as seasoned hockey fans, and and you guys know more more than I do it is very, very difficult to get to that position to begin with. And with the pass that was put forth in front of them, with you know Tampa being eliminated, and to get to that Game 7 and see such an underwhelming performance, I think it's going to take quite a while for a lot of us to, to, to get past that. It was very disappointing to see you know our our veterans the core leaders who just weren't able to come through um in that big moment and i think um they're going to have regrets for quite some time because who knows how long it's going to take to get back there again
0: and who do you blame
1: i was very disappointed in our first line and and it pains me to say this because you know, after, after number four, Bobby Orr, uh, I view Patrice Bergeron as my second favorite all-time Bruin. Um, but to say that that line was inconsistent and underwhelming during most of the playoffs is um, an understatement. And the fact that you lost three out of four home games right. in the Stanley Cup Finals which to me is is inexcusable. And I think Cassidy also, I'd I'd lay a little blame with him because, you know, for for all the line manipulating he did throughout the course of the season, I don't think he did enough of it during this series, and and I think it did cost him a bit.
3: Yeah, and you know, exactly. I wouldn't blame him for Game 7 particularly, but obviously the course of a series he definitely got, uh, he was constantly reacting instead of being proactive, for sure.
1: Proactive,
0: yeah, and Marshawn in particular, you know, was he seemed kind of shell shocked after the game. We, you know, we talked to him in the dressing room. He didn't. He sort of admitted he screwed up, but he really right. didn't. He didn't fall on the sword so yeah, much. Yeah, and
3: you know what's funny too? People keep bringing that up, and this is I'm guilty of this as well because we focused on that last game. But watching some highlights and things over the last couple of weeks on YouTube and stuff, trying to catch up on what I might have missed, <laughs> trying to watch a <laughs> game from behind a pole. Uh, the uh, you know we can't forget the Marshawn mistake that he made earlier in the series. Uh, on the Tarasenko goal where he didn't pick up Tarasenko and the guy scored on his own rebound. I actually saw that it was one of the best goals of the finals on the highlight reel, and I said, oh, this wasn't, Game 7 wasn't Brad Marchand's first mess-up, so we need to, like, uh, expand our, you know, opinions and say, oh, gee, he kind of did screw up a lot more than we thought in that series.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and, you know, you don't expect that, you know, and, and I know it's hard to make comparisons between, you know, one team or another, but, you know, when you look at, the championship pedigree that we have here in Boston and how those teams are coached and how those players focus, and and I'm speaking of the Patriots, those mental mistakes don't happen very often. And I think that's why it's even more frustrating and more disappointing. You know, I expected maybe guys like, you know, Corrali or DeBrusque or, you know, those younger guys where, you know, this was their first opportunity to be in a Stanley cup finals and to, to make those types of mistakes, not our core guys who have been there, done that before.
0: Yeah. Well, knowing, uh, I, you know, you've called it many times and I, I get the sense that you were not a huge Don Sweeney fan coming into the season and even into the, to the post necessarily. And he took a lot of the heat, Matt, that you and I were right in the middle of that Toronto series. We were uh, criticizing some of his moves. Then all of a sudden he's executive of the year. He's, he's taking the award down in Vegas how do you feel about Sweeney here today now, the 9th of July, Maria, after uh, very little activity on the free agent market?
1: Well, I'm, I'm still feeling, um, I did at one point, if I remember correctly, give give him credit for the moves that he, yes, he did. did make at the deadline. Now, it, it's hard to make a really true and accurate, I think, assessment of him given the cap situation that they're in right now. And I, if he's able to maneuver himself around this cap, then he will have definitely earned that award and, <laughs> and some. Right. Um, because I just don't know how he's going to get out of this cap mess that they're in right now. Well,
0: it's already cost them Johansson. We were just talking about that before you joined us. I mean, there's, only, there's only million. one
3: way out of it, and clearly he's not willing to pay the price to, to move David Backus, and that's kind of disappointing. I mean, whether right. or not Toronto is better or worse at this point, uh, their general manager has done the necessary cap shedding, has to do some more to get Marner in there, but clearly he's done enough to at least get Kapanen, uh, get uh, Janssen, and get, uh, and then bring in a guy like CeCe. And, uh, and Don Sweeney's not doing any of that.
1: Well, is it a question of he's not doing it or he can't? Because honestly, I, I, you know, I, I went through some stats and whatnot, but who's going to take... David Backus off your hands at well, this
0: point. Yeah, you'd have to package him with a first-round yeah, right. pick and maybe
3: more. I right mean, now, it probably more a sweetener, and then probably retain some salary even. But yeah. wouldn't you like to at least get the three million off your books? Uh, the three million probably helps you at least, you know, maybe bring in Johansson or keep Johansson, or maybe bring in somebody else. Uh, that's well, similar you need so. you need
1: that three million alone, yeah, right. Just to try and pay McAvoy, Carlo, and Heinen,
3: right? So, I mean. He's put himself in a mess here, and uh... so you yeah, sound like
0: that... you, you understand, though you you feel for Sweeney. You're not you're not ready to crush him today.
1: No, I'm not ready to crush him. I mean, well, then what do we have in your A little bit, because <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit. He, you know, because he he you know he's the one who provided that contract to David Backus, right? So we can't blame the players. Yeah. When they get those contracts, right? I mean, you can't say no to that kind of money. Nope. But I'm not quite sure what he was thinking at that time. To give back us that kind of money and that kind of of term, right? The term so is the worst part. I guess part, we right. could, yeah. The term is is the worst part. And you know, I'm looking around the roster, going, okay, well, where can he open up some space to give these guys McAvoy, Carlo, and, and Heinen the potential projected money that people are saying that they're going to be commanding. You know, can you, if even if you trade Kevin Miller. That's only going to take $2.5 Right. off. You still don't have enough money yep. to pay all three guys. And I'm really worried about going into the season without McAvoy and Carlo being extended.
0: Well, we're going to have you on uh, again, obviously, here throughout the uh, the offseason, if, if that's uh, something you'd like to do, Maria. But before we let you go, I mean... You realize you've become the preeminent Bruins caller in the city of Boston. You are number one you're at the are you are you like celebrated uh when you're out and about? Do people recognize you or are you aware of your status at this point
1: well its it's it's funny you say that because um it's interesting that I do have people and it's very flattering walking up to me and say, "Hey, are you Maria from Watertown?" <laughs> you, you, <laughs> You know, and, and my kids will have people, you know, sending them notes, their their peers saying, Hey, I heard your mom on the radio. She
0: sounds really good. <laughs> Who was the first show you called? Like how how far back does it go? Your uh sports talk show calling days.
1: So I moved I moved back to the Boston area in um two thousand and nine and I started calling Sports Talk Radio um in earnest in two thousand and eleven when the Bruins started their um, Stanley cup run, I wasn't working full time. I had some time on my hands and I've always listened to sports talk radio. I just, it's, I thoroughly enjoy it. And, you know, I learn a lot and I clearly have my own opinions, but um, I started with um, the Felger and mass show call calling them. And my, my claim to fame there was referring to um, Roberto Luongo as a $10 million piece of poop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right, a mass salad. Oh, it loves, love loves the fecal references, yeah.
1: What a poop storm.
0: I mean, you're at the point now you should have your own podcast. I mean, God, you should have your own talk show. Mutt's got his talk show. I mean, you, you should be on the air.
1: <laughs> well, well, let me share some time with Mutt. I bet I could keep him engaged. I'll work Ken. on that.
0: I will work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during Bruins M- season,
3: Mutt doesn't like to be on the air with anyone too much smarter than him. That's
0: so. true, which which limits the field uh, quite a bit. Uh, well, good. Well, we're we're glad you're going strong. We're happy to have you here on the the new Skate Pod. So we'll uh, we'll we'll dial you back up as uh, as time warrants and as situations warrant. If that's okay with you,
1: I'm happy to join um, anytime. You know how to reach out to me, and I I really I really do appreciate um, the opportunity and all sincerity. If I if I could. Uh, If I could make this a second career, I definitely would.
0: Sounds good. Thanks, Maria. Sounds
3: good. Thanks
1: a lot. Thanks, guys.
0: We go from one celebrity directly to another. Pete Blackburn now joins us here on the Skate Pod. His first appearance on the podcast arm of Sunday Skate. You will agree that uh, the addition of Pete Blackburn was uh, really what what drove us, Matt, throughout the uh, postseason. That was an unbelievable ad. Oh, absolutely. Great midseason pickup.
3: How else would I wake up on a Sunday?
0: And hopefully he was finally paid. I'm not sure if that actually happened, but I think that happened.
3: Well, around here, cares the checks quick, right? Uh,
0: but he's now you're relegated to you're backing up Maria in Watertown. She was first uh, billing on the podcast, Pete. So how do you feel about that?
2: I mean, Maria is a superstar, so I'm I'm totally fine with with uh, being carried on her wing. That's that's totally fine by me. And I did get paid, by the way. That's okay. the only thing that really matters. That is so. the only thing that
0: matters. Good. That's the only reason you're appearing on. This podcast, granted on the phone, but uh, we're not going to ask you to come in for for a little spot. Now, Maria was actually somewhat uh, understanding of the plight of Don Sweeney. How do you feel the Bruins have done here in the offseason since we last spoke?
2: I mean, it's 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 frustrating, but not surprising. I mean, it's it's he's got uh, a, a tough tough uh, duties in front of him, given the way that the roster looks and the way that the cap looks, and so uh, it, I'm not at all surprised. Uh, obviously, I think. There's going to need to be more things that happen uh, throughout the rest of the summer, but uh, we'll see sort of how he maneuvers. But, I mean, to this point, it's not shocking that, that they haven't made much noise, that's for sure.
0: Now, I, I just don't get the Johansson thing. Can you explain this to me? I mean, you got more sources than I do. Why is he in Buffalo for two years and $9 million and the Bruins couldn't afford that?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you look at the fact that you know, had they been able to get backus off the cap or something like that, it's just, I mean, it's really frustrating that you lose Johansson uh, at that price because it's very, very, very affordable for for his caliber of play, and, and we know that it works because the second half of the year he looked really good for them, and he he obviously enjoyed playing here. At least that's you know that that's what he said after the season ended, and he wanted to stay. So I, I think that it's frustrating to see how that played out, especially the contract that he got in Buffalo. But, again, you, you look at the cap and you look at how how many guys they have to pay. And, you know, that you obviously have to pay McAvoy and Carlo and, and you know, Heinen. So uh, it, it's not easy to give out that money without moving contracts off the book, and they clearly haven't been able to do that thus far.
3: Yeah, I think the back thing is the most frustrating part right now because clearly there are ways to get this done, Um and clearly, Sweeney's not willing to bite bite the bullet. And you wonder what he's really thinking here. Is he really going to tr- bring back a guy who makes six million dollars to compete? He's not even to, he's not even giving him a fourth line job. He's asking him to compete for a fourth line job. A, a proud guy, a guy that you've you know have a lot of you know faith in as far as being a person. Uh, and you're going to embarrass this guy. You need to do all you can to move him out. And and to that point,
0: Matt, I mean, even if you trade him now, now the timing is so effed up. Why didn't you trade him months earlier? I mean, it doesn't make any sense.
3: Well, they had to wait for his his trade list, and they had to, you know, they obviously— They had that. They had that a week teams, ago. And, but teams were still trying to see what they were going to sign. You know, you, now you know which teams have cap space, and there's not much else to spend it on right now at this point in the year. You know which teams can take them.
0: I don't know. What do you think, Pete?
2: Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm kind of wondering what the the move is. If you can't move him, do you buy him out? I know you don't get uh, too much of a savings this year if you buy him out, but the, it might be worth it for what you get next year. I think it's uh, north of $3.5 million of release if you buy him out. So I, I still think that there's there's got to be somebody willing to take on that deal uh, for a a cap floor team. Um, maybe you retain some of the money, but I think right. that buying him out should be the, the last option because it 's really not much of a savings, especially this year, and they need to free up that money this year
3: I mean we know the most savings they would get without moving him would be to bury him in the miners, but you 're really going to do that to this poor guy <laughs> all he 's been through for this team and you 're you 're not going to do that now. maybe another team might be willing to do that um but then, you know, so then maybe you don't have to retain as much or maybe you don't have to put as much of a sweetener if, they're, if the team is planning on doing that. But he's taking up a roster spot, too. And now we're talking about a guy like Solaric who I'm not enamored with, but he has to go through waivers. There's other prospects that will have to go through waivers. You, you, you could at least, you know, keep a guy as a 13th forward if you don't have this guy taking up not only the cap space but the roster spot. It, it's kind of silly to have this guy still around at this point unless you really think he's going to have this revival. But we know that's not going to happen because they thought he was going to have a revival before last year.
2: And he, he doesn't even seem confident that he's going right. to have a revival. I mean, you talked to him after, after last year, and he was like, I, I realize there's a good chance I won't be back so here. Right. This guy realizes that he's not playing well, yeah. and it's not the player that he once was.
3: I mean, it's, they've been so uh, vague about this injury. I'm wondering if they're crossing every part of their body trying to say, maybe this will be an LTIR situation or, or even a retirement situation. Um, they won't give in to what it is. Um, are they worried that maybe he'll he'll fail some concussion tests? Remember, Savard, he came back the next training camp, didn't know that he was going to be out, right? They, they they announced that on the day of training camp opening. So um, maybe that's what they're holding out hope for here, but it doesn't help you right now if you're not freeing up. You could put him on LTR now even and free up that cap space, but they're not doing that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly wouldn't be the the first case of, of cap circumvention in, in sure. the league. There's been plenty of sketchy things that, that happen. Uh, you know, look at Chicago with, with Hosa and, and things like that. You know, I just think they're probably going down the checklist of of what they can do with. Because I really do think it probably starts with Bactus, because I think they want to move him out, and and if they are able to do that, that opens up some other doors for them. Um, so it's I think they're going down the checklist and seeing which what they can do with them.
0: All right, you know, the biggest uh, moves that since we've last spoken, Pete uh, Panarin goes to the Rangers. Bergevin put an offer sheet for Ajo, which Kalman loves, by the way. He's uh, thrilled at this. Most people think Bergevin's a total idiot for uh, pissing off the Canes. Not going to ridicule not give a deal guy for doing was, what everyone's been asking him to yeah, do. Yeah, but it was, the deal was not realistically going it to It was realistic done.
3: if the guy didn't have the not, money.
0: It was not. The guy had the money. Uh, anyway, the, sh- the, the the shaking of power, so to speak, in the East, uh, You know, the, the massive contract to uh, uh, Bobrovsky to go to Florida, <laughs> or, or the big takeaways from July 1st from Pete.
2: The big takeaway for me was that Bobrovsky uh, got way too much money. I mean, I mean, good for him for cashing in, but uh, to pay that guy until his late thirties, you know, ten million dollars a year is uh, that's good luck with that. I I don't, I don't see that that deal looking too great in a couple of years. Never mind. I think uh, it it can have a
3: chance to go up, look bad in a couple of months.
2: Yes, I mean that's, that's absolutely true, uh, but I mean they're going for it, so I guess you you give them some credit for that because you can't win without a good goaltender, and uh, he was the best goaltender on the market. Uh, I probably would have went with uh, Varlamov if I had the choice, uh, given that, given their two uh, their two numbers, or even you know Robin Leonard. Yeah, uh, had they gone for Robin Leonard, I, I think that Leonard was the big loser in terms of the year that he had and so only weird. got a one year five million dollar deal. And when you look at the year Bobrovsky had, which was significantly worse, he seventy million dollars. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that Bobrovsky was a big winner. But um, you know, other deals, I like the Panarin deal. I think that he got they they paid a premium, they overpaid for him. But I, I like him going to New York. It's uh, a very speedy rebu- rebuild for for New York. I've loved their off season and, and what they've been able to do, especially the Trouba deal. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you know there have been you know, I was surprised that Duchesne didn't get more money than he actually did. Uh, I know it's it's mm. probably still an overpayment for Duchesne, but uh, I was surprised that he didn't cash in uh, harder with everything working in his favor. But I think that he wanted to go to Nashville. And Nashville, uh, Tennessee, no income tax, right? Right. right. And the so, biggest, yeah, that makes sense. Well, the so.
0: biggest surprise was you praised the Leafs for that uh, Tyson-Berry trade. You actually praised
2: Toronto. Hmm. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I mean, I love that deal. I thought that deal was great. Uh I think you move a guy like Kadri who is probably on his way out the door anyway, or should have been given, uh, that he can't, he can't be trusted in the playoffs and you get a guy in Barry who's, who's a top pairing defenseman, not an easy guy to acquire. And I think that he's, he's a really good defenseman, uh, and will fit in with that system. And they absolutely need to do something to, to offset losing Gardner. And I think that you probably upgrade there, uh, or you know it might be a wash, but I think that Barry's as close as you can get to to acquiring a guy uh, that will offset Gardner, and they they were able to capitalize on the on the avalanche sort of being deep in that in that position and and making Barry expendable. So uh, a good move from from Toronto. But at the end of the day, I think that none of these top three teams in the Atlantic have gotten better. Um, you know. Th- Uh, Tampa's basically stayed the same, Toronto's probably the same, maybe a little worse, and the Bruins are are exactly the same. So uh, it's pretty much status quo at this point, I feel like.
3: Yeah, I think the the Toronto thing, we can't really judge them until this Mara thing gets done, because for all the Canadian media writing about, oh, he's an Ontario boy, how could he not want to stay, and all these different options that he has contract-wise, we don't know. That he's in, that he's going to be back there because he's not going to be pressured clearly into but taking. He,
2: but even if he does sign there, yeah, and especially if he signs there at at a at a premium, if he if he makes you know ten and a half, ten ten right. and a half million dollars, it, I think that team is not any better than last year. Right. I I just think that they're they're pretty much the same. And if you lose Marner, you're obviously taking a significant step down. Sure. Um, so they're they're sort of they've done okay with their situation, but it's certainly not ideal. Right
3: and now, the biggest news of July, though, coming out of Canada, Pete. On a on a scale of ten to a thousand, how excited are you for Don Cherry coming back for another year?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm very excited because of uh, Sunday Skate. He provides so <laughs> much content for Sunday Skate. Exactly. Uh, and so uh, you know, he's back, then we're back, and I love that. <laughs> well, Pete's
0: uh, already got a contract with the Devils. That was. Uh, Unbelievable. You pulled that off and, a, deal a, and the, a picture with Bob McKenzie.
3: A deal with the devil?
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's been the summer of Pete. Other Takes than, one to no one. Other, <laughs> other than the Bruins losing. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right about the division. You you, you have to say by default Buffalo got better and, and Florida got better in goal. So, I mean, it, this division's pretty bizarre, actually, right now.
3: It was this past season where the Blue Jackets didn't take Bobrovsky on a road trip with them because he was oh, so messed up, right? That. Wasn't it? It was this past
2: season. Yeah, they had uh he he uh, did he, he either didn't get pulled or he did get pulled. Right, he had uh, a yeah. he blew up on Morello oh, right. a little bit, and they and he, didn't carry him. And he went uh, the, in that, that right. road well, he, he went to the Twinville. locker room. They got
0: Quinville. They'll be
3: better. And so now he's worth ten million dollars. <laughs> oh my god!
0: I think the Bruins might miss the playoffs. I think there's a chance what? they could miss the playoffs. Kidding
2: me? I, I, uh, if there's, there's
0: a, is... the cup hangover worry, and just, you if know, there's twa- a cup hangover,
2: to ha- cup hangover to happen, I would put more money on the Blues not making the playoffs next year than the Bruins not Ooh. making the playoffs.
0: Well, they're going to lose Pat Maroon. That's going <laughs> to destroy everything, right? Uh, I guess so. I yeah, I
3: can't see the Bruins missing the playoffs because at the very least, those wild, the wild cards, card, that, I right, that, the wild that card. Metro's not that great. Um, those teams are all, I mean, the Rangers will be better, but I don't think uh, anybody's really going to challenge. You know, Somebody's going to drop out, too, whether it's you know Pittsburgh or whoever.
0: Well, uh, what's next for Pete? You got uh, summer vacation? What's going on?
2: Yeah, I got some trips going and I got uh I got a little uh end of summer surprise that I can't ruin for, for anybody. Oh. Uh but uh it'll be it's it's very exciting. I I'll just <laughs> tease it a little bit on this program. All right. Uh watch out for the end of end of summer. It's gonna be uh fantastic.
0: Pete, you're demand. Thanks for coming on.
2: Absolutely. All right, talk to you soon, Pete.
0: All right, there you have it, Pete Blackburn, and we've got no answers basically for why Johansson hasn't been signed. Uh, both Maria well, and why, Pete sympathize. Why he didn't sign here? Anyway. Yeah, well, right, was not signed here, and why Bacchus hasn't been moved, or what yeah. the Bruins are going to do with Backus. I do like your theory though that they're trying something sneaky's on the horizon. They're going to try some funny business. Listen, that w- that would make some sense actually. That was the only thing that makes sense. This is,
3: this is the one thing that keeps coming to my hi- mind. Don Sweeney's biggest thing he keeps saying is that he understands that there's a lot. Of, there was a lot of tax on the players playing over 100 games. Older guys, a lot of minutes. He wants to have strength in numbers, wants to have a lot of depth. There's going to be opportunity for guys, especially in the preseason, to play more because these guys, the, the, the veteran guys aren't going to play that much. But if you're so worried about the Stanley Cup hangover and the wear and tear, how can you not bring in legitimate NHL guys right. to fill in right. and, and compete for these jobs? I mean, Paral Lindholm and Brett Ritchie are fine, but at best they're probably on your fourth line, maybe your third line on a team that's not as good as last year. Yeah. You're gonna to have to really. You have to move the backest thing. You have to get these three guys RFA signed, and then you have to find another NHL player to fill in there.
0: Well, that's the other problem with the RFA thing. If they, if if it is a fight for a wild card spot, points are at a premium, and if oh, these yeah. guys actually actually hold out they, until December, they, that would be a disaster.
3: That would be an absolute disaster because you know what? I mean, we saw L- L- Nylander. Yeah, what he did the to, to the Maple Leafs, he wasn't yeah. the same. The team wasn't great, but. These guys, Carlo McEvoy, are a lot more important to the Bruins than Nylander was to the Maple Leafs. I mean, that's not some hot yeah. take and I'm coming up with. This is actual right. fact. Right. I mean, this is basically this is your number one ice time defenseman, and what we saw in the playoffs, your number one shutdown defenseman. And you're coming back with a char a year older, and, you know, whether Grizzly can, we know Grizzly and Crew are going to carry the team. Um, I mean, Vaknin is going to play. He's going to play a lot of minutes. You would think yep. this is going to get done. I mean, you have to. They cannot. It should have been done July one. You didn't get it done before. You know, July one last year. I'm talking. I'm not talking this yep. year. Um, get it done now. You cannot. You know, whatever it takes. You can't go into the season without it. It uh.
0: actually, it actually feels like Krug. They're going to get it done. the The other guys are the problem. That I don't know. I mean, it, is still not done. You still so can't get the crew, that,
3: but... But You still need to get that back. You can't buy him out now, right? So you can say I'm going to buy him out next year, mm-hmm. but you can't. You can't. You have to a certain number of money. A certain number. You can't go over next year's cap before next year, right? So you this, there's, not, there's so much. They call it tagging. You can't. There's just so much tagging space you have to ex- extend so, so crew. And then also if extend car, if you're sending yeah. Carlo McAvoy Heinen to next year. Or maybe it's just this year. If you're going, to, maybe to talk talking one year deal with Heinen. I wouldn't, you know, if I was Danton Heinen and I'm looking at LeBanc, what he just did with San Jose oh, one, one year, one, one, year, 1 million, million, betting on himself. Yeah, if I'm Danton Heinen, I might try to do that a little bit. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world when you're in your 20s. You're still making uh, a million, or even let's say he wants to go one year, two million. That would really help the team. Um, of course, it also makes you super tradable. So <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, real quick, uh, you had a dot com. The Charlie Coyle is the answer on Wing. Now that Marcus Johansson is a goner, uh, explain yourself. why. Well, the
3: more I like it, the more I think about it. The more I like it. I like the way he skates. I like the way he plays straightforward. This,
0: you know, this is the guy we complained about for not being able to finish nor shooting.
3: Well, if he's playing with Bergeron and, and Martian, he doesn't necessarily, necessarily have to be the shooter. I mean, Martian's the trigger man there, and maybe he, he shot a lot more when he came to the Bruins. He averaged two shots per game after he came to the Bruins. So clearly, he got over that a little bit. Um sometimes these guys, you know, David Krejci goes through the same streaks where he doesn't shoot enough, and then he wakes up and does, and everyone says, oh, we didn't know you could shoot like that. Because yeah. no, you never do. Um, in the regular season, they got by pretty much last year with one line. If you put Coyle in your top six, you now have two lines. That at least gets you through the regular season. Now, would you necessarily want to then shift Coyle to third-line center to start the playoffs? Obviously not. Um, but still, you could still – if this Par Lindholm – lives up to his expectations. I, I don't have a problem with Corral. You know, people were saying, oh, he, he failed at the third-line center. Corral basically was your third-line center last year. That line, you know, NBC Sports, Net can call it a fourth line, but it was basically a third, sometimes a second line with the ice time they played, right? The Corral, Achari, and, and Wagner I mean, line. has gone. So, yeah, so, if, so maybe it'll be Corral. Maybe it'll be Corral, uh, Wagner, right. and Nordstrom. It still could be a third line. It could be a fourth line um, if it's Corral with Heinen. And someone else, then it, then it could be a third line. I mean, the the third and fourth line is so interchangeable the way Bruce uses them. I'm not too worried about it. So then at least you have so if you put coil top six, you got a top, you got two lines that can play and score both play both ways, and then you go for you know a, th- a third and fourth line that are maybe more checking lines. It gets you by in this league these days. The, the teams are deeper because there's more players, but. They're not necessarily that much more talented. I mean, every team still has, you know, a drop off when they get past the first. But two you lines.
0: don't see Trent Frederick or Jacks the being the. Centriest. I don't think. So. That, I mean, stud like-
3: Nicka Sweeney was pretty adamant, even though Jamie Lingenbrud opened the door. Uh, and Studnicka, uh, you know, they're trying to make him seem like he's uh, the next coming of yeah, he's Bergeron. The next Bergeron yeah. So Joey McDonald well, just wrote
0: that bo- he's the sentiment, bo- top line bo- center. Both bo- in the
3: way he plays hockey and the fact that they're acting like he's the son of God as opposed to <laughs> God. Um, but first of all, Jack Studnicka has not accomplished one thing in professional hockey yet, so we'll see how that goes. But. Uh, clearly adamant that he wants to be, him to be a center. And I don't blame them. You, you you know what? You raise the guy to be a center, and then you have to move the wing. Later, you do that. You don't want to start the other way. And, and Trent Fredericks, you know, just, you know, he could be a third-line center, but I wouldn't see him on a wing, on a top-six line, on a team that wants to, con- you know, to compete. Now, it's,
0: it's not a bad I I, I I agree. It's not a bad idea, so you back it up with some logic. But what are the chances that Coyle actually is on the wing? with Bergeron and
3: Well, Marchand I think it's probably slimmer because I think Bruce Cassidy is enamored with this, you know, one, two, three, two three sensor thing. Modeling, and yeah. the other aspect, and I brought this up a little bit, was, you know, you're getting down to the last two years of David Krejci. Do you need to give Coyle a long, or long run at center to see if this guy is your heir apparent? Well, good point. But nonetheless, it could be... If you have Stanica, Frederick... feature uh, well, Beecher. John Beecher. Beecher these guys you, you're investing in, you think mm-hmm. that they're going to develop, then you really don't need to have that Krejci heir apparent necessarily, and you still have... How many more years of Bergeron? Four years, something yeah. like that. So, um, and, you know, and let's face it, it's it, it's it's easy for Coyle to go back. He's played both positions so much. He, he showed his versatility. I wouldn't be too worried about you know the future. I worry about this season because it's going to be a grind by far. I mean, whether the other teams are better, whether they're better, um, we know that the the, the hangover is real. Uh, the the Bruins started two and eight in two thousand eleven, something crazy number, and then didn't lose a game in November. <laughs> So, you know, things things change quick, but and especially when you played so many minutes and, you know, 2011-12 team did not have a 42-year-old Chara, mm. uh, did not have a 30-whatever Bergeron, so um have got to inject some youth here and some competition. They don't necessarily know they've done it.
0: That is noted Mets fan Matt Kalman. Congrats to uh, Peter Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. Come on. His name used to be Peter, did it? No,
3: it was never Peter, except on ESPN. What
0: is he, the polar bear?
3: The polar bear. The polar bear and the squirrel. The
0: polar bear. uh, I watched
3: watched zero seconds of the Home Run Derby. I am a grown-up. I don't watch people hitting bad points.
0: But Mets tickets are 80% off. 80% off, exactly. I got my tickets 100% (laughs) off, so I don't care. Look for Calment at City Field (laughs) uh, for the rest of the year. Talk to you next week.